Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we we keep walking with our forefather Abraham Avinu in Parasha Vayera, and it's really like the continuation of Parasha Lech Lecha. And in this Parasha of Vayera, it, we see that Abraham and Sarah are promised that they're going to have a child. He is at this moment 90 years old, no, 99 years old, and Sarah is 90 years old. He has just circumcised himself. It's three days from the circumcision. These three angels come, uh, and he, uh, he treats them like guests. He thinks it's three men, and he does the mitzvah of Ochnasa Sorehim, which is a huge mitzvah of tending to people that are traveling and have nothing to eat and nowhere to stay. And we see that the angel Michael comes and tells them that they're going to be parents the next year. So what it says here, Rebbe Tzadok HaKohen, in his Divrei Sofrim writes, when it comes to matters of this world, a Jew should never lose hope. We, we should never lose hope. Because, you know, we see how the world is going right now and everything looks so dark and there's a pandemic going on and then there's the United States of America presidential election and there's so much uncertainty and we don't know what's going to be. But nevertheless, we should never lose hope. We have to always believe that we're going in the journey, we're going in this quest, we're going in this journey to a place that Hashem has always promised us. And this is why we should never lose hope. And Hassan, our sages say in Brahot, even when a sharp sword is placed upon one's neck, even when you have a sword that is there ready to kill you, one should, lo- one should never lose his hope. And this reminds me of a story I heard many years ago of two friends that were in the concentration camps and they were religious boys, they had been in yeshiva together. Nevertheless, after the war, one maintained himself a observant a from and the other one became a secular Jew. And so many years later, after they had parted ways, each one had gone and and had their own life and they were already older they I think they reconnected through Facebook or something like this and they decided that they wanted to meet each other again and they made a whole weekend that they would get together with their families and their children and their grandchildren so they would be able to see their talk about their lives and reconnect so they come to this weekend and you know the from man the, the religious man comes He has 10 kids and each kid has 10 kids. So you can imagine his family is like hundreds of people. The other one comes, he has three kids. Each one has two kids. So he comes with his three kids and his six grandchildren. And so when one of the moments that they're talking, the the non-religious man asked the one that kept himself religious, how did you do it? How didn't you lose it? How didn't you lose hope? How didn't you lose everything you believed in. He says, I'm going to tell you a story. He said, there was one day that they took us to the labor camp and I was very, very, very sick. And I collapsed on the floor and this German soldier came and he put his boot on my neck and his rifle on my head and he was ready to shoot. And at that moment, I looked up into the sky and I said, Hashem, 
thank you for not making me a boot. Thank you for not making me a boot. And at that moment, the camp got liberated. Suddenly the Americans came in and the camp got liberated and my life was spared. So after that, how can I lose hope? I know that Hashem can save me in, the, in a wink of a minute. How can I lose hope? So we see here that there's another story of uh, Rabbeinu Nisim Gaon in his book Sefer Masiyos and he tells the following story of a wealthy Jewish man who had tons and tons of money and he didn't know what to do with all this money he had. So he went to the rabbi and he asked him, Rabbi, I have so much money, I want to be, I want to do kindness, I want to do something with it. What do you suggest I should do with it? So the rabbi said to him, you know what, you should really feed the poor. There's so many poor people, you should go and feed the poor. So the man said, oh, that sounds so nice. But in his head, he wanted to be extra special. So he said, okay, I'm going to feed, I'm going to give the money to a person that has lost hope. This is what came into his head. And so he goes and he starts looking for the, the poor people. He comes to this pauper and he asks him, tell me something. Do you still have hope? And the man looked at him and says, yeah, for sure. Why wouldn't I have hope? Hashem always feeds me. It doesn't matter how poor I am. There's always a kind person that will give me a nice bowl of hot soup or someone that will give me some money for the day. Why would I lose hope? Then he goes to another guy same thing and another guy and same thing and then suddenly he sees this guy that is rummaging through the garbage in the street and he says no this is the poorest i've seen this is as poor as you get for sure this guy has lost hope so he goes to him and he says tell me something have you lost hope and he looked at him and says hope why would i lose hope God always provides for me. I've been alive for, for 40 something years and I'm still here. I have never passed one day without something to eat. Why would I lose hope? So the man was bewildered and he says, you know what? I don't have anybody to give this money to. There's, everybody has hope. So he decides to go to the cemetery and bury the money. And he buries the money. And so years go by and one day the wheels change and this very rich man became very poor, very poor. And he starts knocking on doors and asking for food and asking for money for, for a few years he's in this trend. And one day he remembers that he had buried all this money in the cemetery. So he goes running to the cemetery, he starts digging the ground in the cemetery. He doesn't remember where he buried this money so many years ago and suddenly the police is called because they think he's trying to loot the, the, the cemetery and he's taken to jail and then he's taken to court and when he's in face to face with the judge, the judge looks at him and says, you don't remember me, right? So the man looks at him and says, no, I don't remember you. He says, I was that poor beggar that was looking for food in that garbage can so many years ago that you asked me if I had lost hope. Look where my trust in God, my bitajon has put me. Today I'm the judge of the town and look where you are. So the story really is, is like a, it's like a, it's like a joke. You know, the guy, you know, you have the money, there's poor people. Don't be such a kind person that you want to give to someone that has lost hope, but give the money. So we see here that, that in reality, the Jewish people are a people that should never lose hope. 
that we should always hope that hoping Hashem, hoping a better future, really is what opens the gates to, to redemption. And this parasha is very much about that and how Abraham and Sarah never lost hope. That's why they could go on and on and on with all these tests. And we see here that the Jewish nation was built on an altar, was built after uh, um, uh, a, a Yeshua, they needed a Yeshua, they, we were built after a suffering and no one thought Abraham and Sarah could ever bear children like they were like so old they never thought they could have kids nevertheless Hashem gave them a Yeshua gave them a salvation and they and he sent them a uh, Isaac so there's it states in Yeshaya Hashem fulfills the word of his servant Hashem fulfills, fulfills the counsel of the Malachim the Midrash explains so Hashem fulfills the word of his servant, is, is, is us. Hashem fulfills the counsel of the Malahim, is the angels. And the Midrash explains, Hashem performs, performs the word of his servant, refers to Abraham. This is who his servant was, because Abraham was the, the chariot of Hashem. He didn't do anything that God didn't ask him to do. And this is what we should do also. We should be able to go with God's will. When Adam sinned, the sin of Adam was that he didn't follow Hashem's will. This was the number one sin in the world. Until today, we're trying to rectify this will. Why is it so hard for people to follow Hashem's will? Why is it so hard to, to lose your control and give it to Hashem? So we see here that Abraham never felt that he was the one in control. He, he, he gave the control to Hashem. He was only the chariot of the car. So Hashem fulfills the counsel of the Malahim, of the angels. It refers to the Malahim, the good tidings that Abraham and Sarah received, that they were going to have a child. So the Pasuk concludes, Jerusalem will be settled, the cities of Yehuda will be rebuilt, I shall reestablish its ruins. The beginning of the Pasuk refers to Abraham Avinu bearing children, that he never lost hope that he would have his children. Hashem had promised him that he would father a great nation, that we were going to be like the stars, and he never lost hope. And the end of the Pasuk discusses the rebuilding of Jerusalem. So Hashem also promised us that we're going to have a third temple, that we're going to have the Geulah, that we're going to be redeemed, that we're going to come to a time where, where Mashiach is going to be here and there's only going to be good things and we're going to be, um, eh, there's not going to be any wars, there's not going to be any hunger, no sickness. We know this is, this is coming. So we never lose hope. So Rebbe Tzadok HaKohen explains that there similarly lies in the fact that both matters were unexpected. Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 when they, when they birthed Isaac. And the Midrashim say that naturally Abraham and Sarah couldn't bear children. Like you've never seen people 100 years old having kids. Like biologically, it's impossible. Nevertheless, Hashem made a miracle for them. He can do whatever he wants. So when the Midrashim told Sarah that she would have a, a, a child, it states, Sarah laughed in her heart and she said, after I'm shriveled up, shall I become young again? Like, I'm going to become a nursing mother after I'm all wrinkled? And my husband is so old? And she laughed. So we see this is why Isaac is named Isaac because of laughter. 
So she experienced experience a salvation, a Yeshua, but, and the impossible happened. So Rabbi Arya Schechter Shlita tells that he once came to the Hasonish home and he found that the door was locked and that the Hasan Ish was lying in his bed and he yelled from his bed like jump the fence and come in and we see here that Rabbi Arya Shachter tried to climb this fence once, tried to climb the fence twice, he couldn't get in he tried and tried and fell back but nevertheless he was always getting up and he was always trying until he was able to be successful so we see here that the Hassan Ish said this is, a, this is life one tries to climb up to a higher level and he falls. We're always trying to ascend, 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 ascend. That's the nature of the soul. The soul is compared to a flame of fire. Why? Because if you take a candle and you turn it upside down, the flame is always going to try to go up. The world is, has gravity. So the nature of the world is to pull us down. This is the nature of this material world, is to pull us down. But the soul is always trying to go high. So it doesn't matter how much it tries to pull us down, the soul is trying always to release itself from the, from the wick and go high. So Rabbi the, the Hassanish says, we, we fall, we fall, we get, we, we, we get up, we get up. Again, we clean ourselves, we try again, we fall again, we try again. But the, the most important thing in life is to never lose hope. Because at the end, a person that never lose hope will, ne will succeed will succeed, he will be successful. I remember these two men that used to come to our synagogue, Isi and David. They were Holocaust survivors. And one day they were telling us their story, very sad story, like everybody in shul was crying. And a child asked them, how did you do it? How did you, how were you able to survive? And David answered him, because every day when I would go to sleep, I would always think tomorrow's gonna be a, a better day. And as bad as the day was, every night he would think tomorrow's going to be a better day. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. He never lost hope. Eventually he came out of the camps. He was able to rebuild his life. And he had a beautiful life with his wife and his children. So we see here that this is the strength of the, of the spirit. This is the strength of the neshama. And the more we're connected to our soul, the more resilient and the more hopeful we will be. So it says here in the Rabbi Biederman teaches us that there's a longer Kaddish uh, that is said exclusively when we are, when we are uh, either finishing a Siyum Masekta, when you're finishing a tractate of the Talmud, or after a burial of a person. And he says that perhaps this hints a person's life is compared to a masekta. A masekta is a, tractate, a tractate of the Talmud. Some masektas are long, some masektas are short. And he says like Shabbat and Baba Basra are very, very short. Similarly, like Shabbat and Baba Basra and are long and there are some that are very short. And he says that similarly, some live long lives. Some people have very long lives, productive long lives today, every day. We read 117 years, 116 years. We had never heard this before, but today people are living over 100. And there's people who sadly don't have very long lives, like the masectas. And, some, and so it says when a person is going through a masecta in his life, attracted, there are more difficult pages 
when you're learning Talmud, you see there's some pages that are more are harder to understand than others, and he must toil to get through it. And there are easier pa pages. So life is not um, a flat line. If you have, it's like the heart. The heart is always pumping up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. That means that you're alive. If it was when they put you the electrogram on and it's flat, that means you know what it means. You don't want to be flat. So similarly, there are harder times and easier times. And when one reaches a hard section of the masechta or in life, you don't give up. This is the, the trick. You don't give up. And he knows that if he keeps on going, a page after page, he will eventually get to an easier section of the Masekta, and eventually he will be able to finish the Masekta. So when a person is going through a hard period in his life, he should never give up, and he shouldn't um, uh, say, okay, this is it, I'm done, this is it. And this, what a person should say, on the other hand, is that this shall pass too, and there are better times coming. So we see here that the Midrash explains that Abraham prayed for Avimelech, this king that they went to him and he wanted to marry Sarah and he got very sick because obviously she was the, this, the, the wife of Abraham, he shouldn't be with her. He got very sick, Hashem uh, clogged every, every orifice in his body and, um, and nevertheless we see that Abraham prayed for him. So because of that, he prayed that Abraham would have children with Sarah. So we see that, that the, uh, as Rebbe Sadok adds, that if Hashem wants to perform a miracle and grant them children, Hashem would have performed this miracle years earlier, since it's Hashem's way to minimize miracles. But, but many, many people lose hope in the rebuilding of, of Yerushalayim also. Many people say, no, it's not true, the Mashiach is not gonna come. If Hashem would have wanted to rebuild Yerushalayim, he would have done it many years ago. Look at humanity, they, they haven't changed a bit, they're the same thing. How can Mashiach come if we haven't learned that lesson? And so we see here that for almost 2,000 years have passed since we had our own Beit HaMikdash and we went through so much in this Galut, we've been through everything. We've been through Holocaust, Crusades, Inquisition, programs, intifadas, terrorism, you name it. We've been through everything, but nevertheless, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We know that the Messiah is gonna come. So the Pasuk is talking to us and telling us that for Abraham and Sarah, all seemed lost as well, yet they bore a child in their old age. This is what one of the lessons of Parashavayeda is telling us, why Abraham and Sarah were parents at such an old age, because it says that all our foremothers had to pray for their children. They didn't come easily. They didn't come like, okay, I got pregnant and I had a child. No, they had to pray for them very, very, very much. And in a way, this is, this is a lesson for us. This is a lesson for us that we should never lose hope that if they could at the end have their kids, and have such holy kids, at the end, Hashem will give us what we're yearning for. So we see here also that Hassan says that Hashem will only come to a generation that has lost hope. When, when the moment comes that there's no hope at all, 
where we feel that we lost everything that's what the, the that the 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 Hazal says in Sanhedrin it says Moshiach will come to a generation that has lost hope however when we contemplate Abraham and Sarah's miracles we realize that the miracles are awaiting us too as it states look at Abraham your forefather and at Sarah who gave birth to you your origin is from a place of salvation of Yeshuv Yehush and natural, naturally, you shouldn't have come into existence, but Hashem saved Abraham and Sarah beyond the rules of nature, and He will redeem you too. So what it's saying here is that although at 90 and 100, they already thought, okay, this is, we're not going to have more kids, this is it. There was something inside that they knew that Hashem could do whatever He wants. So at the same time, us, this is a hard week for this nation, for the United States. There's a lot of balagan going on here. And sometimes whoever wins, that's Hashem's decree. That's what Hashem has for us. Some people are going to be ecstatic and very happy. And other people are going to be doomed, like we're doomed. Whatever side you're in. It's such a such a hard election. It's such a bipolar, I would say. It's two extremes. I've never seen this in my life. And so whoever wins, one side is going to be ecstatic and the other one is going to feel like this is the end of the world. Right? But what this parasha is telling us here, what it's teaching us, is that don't be fooled. Don't be fooled, because Hashem has a plan, there is a plan, there's a promise He has made for us. And at the end of the day, we have to know that everything comes from God, and everything's good for us. And that there's a plan, there's a bigger plan that we can imagine. And whatever we have to go through, it's part of that plan. So, we should never lose hope, we should always look up, we should always count our blessings and we should always ask Hashem for all our needs. Open our eyes and like that man that had that boot in his, in his throat and he looked at the, at the man and he said, thank you for not making me a boot because for him that guy was not even a human being. This is how we have to look at our lives. Thank you Hashem for making me who I am. Thank you for, for, for giving me promises. Thank you for giving me the privilege and the opportunity to be in this world and bring your, a revelation of godliness in this world to make this place a better place. For giving me that opportunity. This is the, the, the way that we should look at our lives. This is the way that Abraham lived. This is the way that Sarah lived. And that's why they were blessed with so many blessings. So I wish you a blessed week. Remember, live a little higher. Thank you.